What's up? What's up with it? You're listening to the Bad Cow Podcast, where no cow is too big and no beef is too small. I'm your host, Lindsay May Be Bad. This show features adult content and adult language, so listener discretion is advised. When I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. What's up? What's up with it, everybody? Welcome to the Bad Cow Podcast show. First things first, before we get started, I just want to say thank you to the returning listeners who came back, the new listeners who stopped by. You both chose to have me in your speakers today, and I really appreciate it. As always, I hope you enjoy today's badness. Here we go. All right. What up, bad bitches? (laughs) So, Stanford Prison Experiment, let's just jump right into it. There was this doctor, this psychology professor from, he taught at a whole bunch of universities, but at this particular time in history, he was teaching at Stanford. And he designed what is now known as the Stanford Prison Experiment. It was August of 1971. Dr. Philip Zimbardo and his research team at Stanford wanted to study the human behavior as it pertains to being in an incarcerated environment. He wanted to have a simulation of what prison life is like. He rounded up 24 volunteers, made 12 of them guards, 12 of them were inmates. Um, The ones that were chosen to be inmates, they... You know, they knew that they were going to participate in the study, but randomly they were arrested throughout town, like during their normal lives. Like they didn't just get to ride up on a bus and go check into this experiment. No, they they had it. They had them arrested by the East Palo Alto Police Department. Uh, it wasn't even just people dressed up as cops. It was like real ass officers who fingerprinted them, booked them, uh, gave them their little fish kits, took their names and gave them some CDC numbers that they were going to be referred to as throughout the entire experiment. Uh, once they were incarcerated and booked, uh, they were taken to the basement of the psychology department on Stanford University's campus where makeshift cells were made and they were assigned to those cells. They got plain ass mattresses um, and those cells are where they stayed for most of the day. They got to come out like a couple hours a day. Never got to go outside for fresh air. Um, Yeah, those were the basic rules. The 12 Volunteers that were chosen to be guards were given really basic instructions, but they were told that this is an experiment to simulate the prison environment. You're the guards. You need to control the prison like you guys are in charge. This is your show. So run it. Um, Do whatever you have to do to get compliance from the prisoners, anything except physical violence. All of these volunteers knew that they could leave at any time. They signed release waivers. So all that little crybaby shit that happened afterwards, I don't know what that's about. I think they just wanted to get their money but not have to stay. Um, but so throughout the experiment that was intended to last two weeks, but was called off in six days, started as one would expect where it's kind of awkward because these people have been given these roles that they're not really in real life. They're like pretend roles, but over the course of the six days, like people be taking their roles hella seriously. The guards are getting a little bit more, uh, sadistic with their, their punishments because they can't use physical force. So they had to do things like take away the inmates' mattresses, take away their bathroom privileges, take away their showering privileges, put them in solitary confinement, which was really like a broom closet that you just couldn't sit down in. You could stand up in. There was enough room to stand up, but you couldn't sit down. Um, and on the flip side of that, any inmates who were behaving, they got extra privileges, which, you know, of course would cause a ripple divide in the inmate population. Um, one of the participants that was an inmate said he had never screamed so loud in his life. Other people were just describing and explaining that they had severe emotional distress while being an inmate. They were feeling repressed. They were, you know, having suicidal thoughts. This is all after six fucking days. 
Okay. Eventually, the fucking experiment was caused off, called off because some snitching ass little girl came into the room and was like, oh, my God, I'm going to tell on you. And they called it off because she said that the the conditions were so inhumane and so uh, unethical that the experiment couldn't continue. Now, the whole point of this experiment was to study the human behavior, which I think a lot of people found the results kind of both expected, but a little bit not. I think people can understand that anyone who is in an inmate type environment where they're the inmate and they're the ones who don't get to decide shit, they get told what to do shit and they got to do that shit. And if not, they get their shit taken. Of course, that would break anybody down. I don't care how fucking tough you are. That was what this experiment was. It wasn't like all of them broke down or just one of them broke. Like it's an even number distributed throughout the group broke the fuck down, wanted to go home. They were sick of this shit. They couldn't take it anymore. And they were getting paid pretty good. The incentive was pretty good for them to stay, and it was only going to be two weeks. It's not even real prison, right? But they were stressed out. But I think what people didn't expect was how quickly people who are given some power can go dark. Because uh, just like those inmates weren't really criminals, these guards weren't really corrections officers. Now, one one thing I keep seeing pop up when I did my research about this study is everybody likes to poke holes in this experiment and said that it wasn't a true experiment. It wasn't it wasn't going to have uh, accurate results because Dr. Philip Zimbardo gave the guards instructions to control the inmates. But now I know you guys are probably thinking like, bitch, you went to county for a weekend. What the fuck do you know about jail? You don't know nothing just because you was in there once. True. But pump your brakes, bitch, because before I was like a bad ass dumb person who was ruining my life like before then I was a good little girl and I had a job right out of high school and it was at San Quentin State Prison didn't see that one coming did you um I worked in the main records office and even though I wasn't really like around the inmates um there were still some inmates who had jobs throughout the institution where they would come and clean up and empty our trash cans and shit like that and we had a whole week of orientation of how to deal with the inmates or should I say not deal with the inmates don't talk to them if you talk to them shut it down make it about business only don't you have any kind of friendly interaction with them they're going to try to play you they're going to try to get you to bring shit in for them they're going to threaten you they're going to do this and da 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 make you think you owe. I mean they drill it into your heads that these are criminals treat them like criminals they're not your friends. They're not your associates. They're not your coworkers. They're nothing like that. They're criminals. Now, and that's just office staff that they're instructing like that. Imagine what they are telling the correctional officers who are in there with their billy clubs, their handcuffs, and the real shit, man. I bet you they're telling them the same thing, and they're probably going to look the other way if there is some kind of physical violence. Um, the results from this experiment weren't that shocking for anybody who's ever been involved in it before. You wanted to know how corrections officers ask? Go ask somebody who's incarcerated. They all be on power trips. All of them. That's why they don't mind all the overtime. What's up? What's up with it? Okay, so for those of you who are new here, this is the part of the show where I insert a sponsored ad for my podcast platform, Anchor by Spotify, telling you how great they are for anyone who is thinking of starting a podcast. But fuck that. Let me explain. Anchor by Spotify offers paid sponsorships for shows that reach a certain amount of listeners they call it an ambassador ad, and it pays dick. And not the good dick. It's that limp, soft dick that leaves you feeling used and unsatisfied. Then they really make you feel like a hoe when they tell you that your ad expired because you reached too many listeners. What the fuck? That's when they tell you try different monetization strategies, like asking your listeners to pay for subscriptions. How thoughtful of them, right? <laughs> 
Don't worry. I am not going to ask my audience to foot the bill in this fuckery. Because you see, whether or not my show is heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else, my hosting platform still gets promotion whether I have some asshat ambassador ad or not. So if this is the standard set by the industry, then think of me as a podcast pioneer who refuses to make pimping easy for these corporate bastards. Instead, I think I'll just shit on them in every episode I publish until I decide on a different platform to host from. <laughs> as always, thanks for listening and uh, let's get back to the show. And from having been even only for four days on the inmate side of shit, that shit sucks. Nobody cares about you. When I was in there, I was thinking, God, like, what if an earthquake happened, man? What if well, there was some zombie apocalypse? What if something happened to one of my parents? They got sick and I just, I can't leave here? And don't nobody give a shit that I can't leave here to go see my loved ones? Like, that shit will have you fucked up in there. Um, now... Although people were getting hung up on Philip Zimbardo and maybe not having the most accurate experiment, although people were getting hung up on how how quickly the the experiment, you know, just like disintegrated basically, how quick the standards of and the and the like basic hygiene and different things that were going on with that, like it just all kind of fell within six days. But that's not the tragedy. Dr. Philip Zimbardo might have been a smarty pants, but he didn't just think of all the cruel, crazy ways you can put this group of people together with these different sets of rules and shit and see what happens. No, he, he, that's how our prisons are. That's how our current uh, corrections <laughs> experience is. That's the tragedy. All he had to do was go to a prison, observe, and then he designed his experiment. He doesn't get kudos for that. I don't know why people are giving him credit for this shit. He doesn't get credit for that. What he gets credit for is discovering that anybody given a billy club and a little a little bit of power might be putting people in brooms closets too. Or if you get all your shit taken away, get your shit bu bucket taken away, getting your fucking mattress taken away, your food taken away, you might fucking scream louder than you ever have as well. Everything about this experiment was done to a T just like how they do it in any other kind of corrections institution. Their mail, their visits, their phone calls were all monitored just like fucking in real life. Like the mail room in San Quentin, you're not just funneling the mail to see which bunk it goes to. Like you got to open that shit and read it and double check. Make sure there's no drugs. Make sure there's no gang affiliations. Whatever the fuck. On the phone, when you're calling somebody from inside, you have one minute remaining. That's what you hear. That's what you keep hearing during your phone call. And you're like, fuck, bitch. God, I already know that I'm not out there and I have to live with this fucking... Thank you for reminding I have one minute remaining. Everything's monitored in jail. In prison, anything. And they can do whatever the fuck they want to you, and they do do whatever the fuck they want to you, and unless you comply, unless you just fall in line, unless you, you know, and they get off on it. And you end up becoming rebellious. You end up becoming resentful. You end up getting so much hate or just hopelessness in your heart. Those are the only options. Um, that's the true tragedy here. That's the shit that I wish people would focus on instead of just, well, he, he shouldn't have instructed them. Bitch, he was doing what they do in jail. They instruct you in jail. Y'all could have came to anybody who had ever worked in a prison before for these experiment-like results. You didn't have to do a whole fucking thing and scar all these people. There was one person from this entire experiment who did go on to try and change, like, he tried to have some prison reform change in the future, which is awesome. That's great. I don't think enough was done. And I don't think people really understand the social significance of what was going on here because people think it was just some isolated incident that it got this way. No, it was set up like a prison and it behaved like a prison. That's how the prisons behave. That's how prisons are behaving right now as we sit here. It's so sad to think about all the nonviolent crimes and offenders 
that are having to live that right now. That shit will change their life. It will outcome like affect the trajectory of them for the rest of their lives. Their future will never be the same. I'm sure there's I mean it's I'm not saying that in a negative way like they'll never get anything good. That's not what I'm saying, but it's it's definitely going to change their perceptions, their perspectives, their personality, their their who they are. It 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 is. It's frustrating. It's just frustrating because uh I don't think people should be so harshly punished for things that uh All right, so check it out. While I had to do this whole renaming thing and I was trying to like figure out how to, you know, focus and guide the show from here on out i was thinking of like what famous fucking cow stories are there there's only one that i could think of that's ferdinand right everybody knows the story of ferdinand he just wanted to sit under his cart chase smell the flowers that's all he wanted to do and then one day the little conquistadors or the matadors or whatever the fuck come to see they want the biggest baddest roughest bull they can find for the bullfights in madrid and so the bulls are all jumping and they're running and button heads and they're trying to show off and show out and fucking Ferdinand just wants to sit there and smell his flowers but there's a fucking bee right there and he sits on the bee and when he sits on that bee it stings his ass and he just starts going ape shit um he's all over running and jumping and butting everybody's head you better get the fuck away from him he's got stung on the ass right and the matadors are like whoo we want that one so they take him right they take him to the little bullfight in Madrid but Ferdinand's not like that a bee stung him on his ass this is the fucking, this is the softest bull you could have found. Jokers, like, he just wants to smell the flowers. And when he's in the ring and they're waving that little red flag at him and all that type of shit, he just wants to sit there and smell the flowers. You can't get Ferdinand mad. He's not a mad bull. He just wants to smell the motherfucking flowers. So they end up having to take him back to the little, whatever, I don't know, plantation or whatever they found him from and left him there to smell flowers for the rest of his life. And I'm sitting there thinking about this story, right? I've heard the story for a long time and I'm thinking, what the fuck is the moral of this story? Seriously. What the fuck is the moral of that story? Usually it's like, you know, listen to your mom or, you know, don't steal or whatever. What is the moral of Ferdinand? Avoid bees? Don't judge a bull by its uh, runaround? And that was, that's like the only real motto I can find in it or the only real uh, moral of this story is you can't judge someone by one action. You can't judge people fully by one incident. Um, and it's not fair to affect the rest of their life for mistakes. It's not fair to um, punish them for being victims of things they did to maintain. Uh, so many lives and so many people are are forever altered and changed for just because we don't have any better way of doing any kind of rehabilitation, correction, employment. We, like we just ugh, let me not get into all this. I don't feel like going that deep. That's my spiel for today. Uh, Hope y'all liked it. <sighs> Bad Cow Podcast out. All right, everybody, that about wraps it up for today. We got another one in the books. Thank you again so much for your listening support. I can't tell you how much it means to me. If you ever want to shout me out or come see what else I'm up to when I'm not in your speakers feel free. I'm on Instagram at Bad Cow Podcast, Facebook on Bad Cow Podcast Show. And if you ever want to reach me directly, you can do so at badcowpodcastshow at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. See you next time. Bye.